Welcome back to the BTS Happy Hour podcast. I'm your host, Andrea. With me, as always, is Morgan. Hey, what's up? Big Hit has finally made an announcement about when the BTS album is coming out. They said it would be coming out November 20th, and it's going to be called B-B-E. And according to their announcement, the new album imparts a message of healing to the world by declaring, even in the face of this new normality, our life goes on. And remember from earlier on in the pandemic, they were showing videos on YouTube and VLive about how they were, the members were more involved in the process this time, and they were discussing the concepts and all that. So it sounds like that's kind of the angle they're taking with this album is to have something that's more personal even though I think they're involved anyway usually but I guess it's more the visual concepts and more what which songs and stuff like that so I think they're they have like a strategy with that they want to set themselves apart from other k-pop groups by showing like look we're involved in the whole production of it and I guess if you have the people that if you have members that are interested in doing that that's good and you can just use them and user input for, you know, however many songs will make it on the album. I'm sure, like, they're all going to have, like, at least some writing credits on there for this album. And um, we knew that this album was going to come out sometime in the fourth quarter because the big hit corporate briefing a couple months ago was saying that it would be in the fourth quarter. So, So that time period is September 1st through the end of the year so we knew it was going to be sometime in there but not like in September because that was right after like soon after they were announcing that it wasn't going to come out then but I did notice in the past couple of weeks that other groups were putting out their release dates and it was like September October dates and I don't know if they had heard from somewhere like okay BTS is coming out with their thing on November 20th so let's try to get get our stuff released before that but it's just a thought. I mean, I don't know if that's they decide everything based on other groups or they have their own timeline in place already. Uh, my question is, did they always have it for slated for November 20th or did they move it up? Is this a cha- date of change? What? I don't know when they decided this would be November 20th because we don't know if the pandemic changed anything or if this there was going to be an album coming out anyway this year. Why would the pandemic move it up, though? You would think logically it would move it back, right? Because they can't tour, they can't maximize the profits mm-hmm. based on the pandemic. So it was probably always slated to come out around now. Because it's not an ideal time in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. So my observation is they just released an album this year, correct? Yeah. That well, That's a full album and this is a full album? Mm-hmm. Why are they releasing two albums in the same year? That never happens. I think originally there maybe wouldn't have been an album, this another album this year. Well, what would have been? Because they would have been touring all this time. Would they have time to record more songs? You mean you have time to record more songs? You're just going to release stuff, I guess, to maximize the amount of profit you can make? I don't know. They're still, aren't they still profiting from the previous album? Yeah. But I thought they only had time for this new album because of the pandemic, because they're not touring. Mm. Well, that could be true. But if they had always intended to release an album at this time so soon, it suggests to me that they don't think that they have a solution for the enlistment issue doesn't it feel like they're they're trying to cram everything in before it hits them a little bit but then a lot of times k-pop groups have two albums a year in one year a full album i don't know i don't think that's true one a year i would think which is already an amazingly quick turnaround 
you look at American artists, nobody does one per year. Right. It's always at the soonest every three years. And that's a quick turnaround. You have a lot of artists that go, you know, four or five years between albums. And that's not even considered weird, right? Three is considered quick. Two is considered lightning fast. Uh, one, <laughs> one is considered damn fast. And I think two in the same year is just unprecedented. Yeah, and it's two albums plus some other singles and collabs that they yeah, did. Uh, Remember and, how and they have to do videos? They had Dynamite, and they also yeah, had. Yeah, they do um, videos. It just feels like they, if it's planned, they they feel like they don't have a solution for the uh, enlistment issue. But I don't know that it's planned. Like you said, maybe they just they had a lot of time because they're sitting around and they just decided to record some music. And hey, why not release it? It's extra revenue. You're not touring, so. Releasing stuff is the only way to make extra revenue. That could be true too. But if they had always planned to release two albums in one year, that's a strong indicator to me that they thought there was a, there was a deadline they were trying to get in front of, which goes against everything that I think about the situation. But you know, we'll probably touch upon that later. Well, the deadline wouldn't be until next year, so I don't think they're in a rush. Well, yet. when does Jin actually have to leave? I think end of twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not then. I don't know. But I, th- I think it's even for K-pop, it's strange to have two albums in a year. Can you think of a time that's happened? Uh, I guess Twice does that, but then it's more like mini albums. Mini albums, so that's not the same thing. That's three songs. Two mini albums is essentially an album, you know? They just have different release dates. That's, not, that's nothing. As far as having to learn choreography and things like that, yeah. it's the same amount of work. That's a lot of songs to learn and dancing yeah. to learn. So perhaps you're right that they just had an extra time. But if it has always been planned this way, then it shows a lack of confidence on Big Hit's part that they have a solution for enlistment. It kind of feels like they're trying to cram as much product in before a certain cutoff point, right? Right. It sounds like it. Could be. Because I just think it's really odd to have two albums in the same year. And the other album wasn't even, the, was it the beginning of the year? Uh, I guess it was. Maybe February. I think March or something. No, February. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it's really tight. That's not like January, December. I know that's only a couple months difference, but... It takes a long time to put together an album when you're that's writing the songs. I cannot even think of another time that's happened. You know, and yeah, things are different. Things are weird because of coronavirus, but it's hard to read what this means. Maybe they just had extra time. I don't know. If they have all the members involved, that's a lot of people creating songs. So I don't know. Maybe they just had a lot of good material. Yeah. And during pandemic, they probably don't have to do choreography for everyone, so... Yeah, you just have to have them written and record it. That comes Which down. Which writing it is not even a big... Because you know, all sorts of people write songs. They have songwriters. All those people work simultaneously. Now, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, you don't. We don't know what the original plan was. So it's hard to draw any conclusions from that. But I would say if their original plan was to release two albums in a year, that indicates that they have zero confidence that they have a solution. They, they think that BTS's time is short. That's that's how I view it, because if I thought that, yeah, I have this in the bag, we don't have to worry about enlistment and all that. I would space them apart a little bit more. Not the same year. I mean, one per year or something like that. So it kind of feels like they didn't have that confidence whenever that decision was made, if that was indeed the decision. Yeah, like Taylor Swift did folklore just during the pandemic. So yeah, I felt like she just had extra time and that's why that happened. Yeah, I know she only worked with a few other people on that. So you could create a whole album in, right. within six months if you, you know, are just, you know, on it every day. That's definitely possible. 
But yeah, I don't know if that was their plan to have two in one year. That does seem like a lot of songs, a lot of things they have to learn. The Map of the Soul 1 concert is still on track for October 11th and 12th, I think, or is it 10th and 11th? Uh, depends on where you live. Yeah, I guess it depends which time zone you're in. <laughs> if you search this on Google, that's like the first thing. Map of the Soul 1, when is it? Yeah, oh, okay, it's October 10 and 11, and it's at a really weird time for the U.S. It's either at midnight or 2 a.m., depending on which night. Well, because it's not it's like for the U.S., is it, right? Two different it's in times. Korea. <laughs> it has to be live somewhere. Yeah, well, hopefully everybody signed up for it and will have a chance to see this concert because it seems like that's going to be... We got it. We bought it. Although we didn't get the 4K version because you lollygagged. Yeah, you had to like move fast. Right. Right after the notification, you had yeah, to. Yeah, for whatever buy the, reason, we didn't we didn't get it right away. I, I don't think a lot of people would get it or like that it would. Why wouldn't they? Oh, that it would be limited. Well, because you need to have a certain level of computer and TV and stuff to do 4K. So I didn't think it like that many people had it but i don't know maybe they don't know if they did or not or they just got it anyway well what you didn't factor in is that they have much better internet in korea and also almost everyone has enough internet bandwidth to uh to handle, handle it? 4k yeah okay almost everyone you have to be out in the sticks or something if you don't have enough for that so handling a 4k stream is not not that demanding honestly it's only demanding when you have like four people in the household all streaming stuff Mm-hmm. And I know um, this one's different because you, you're you not going to get ability to replay it. So you have to watch everything live and mm. kind of like remember and yeah. be aware of everything <laughs> in real time. So that's kind of like not I don't know why they did that, because like, why wouldn't you let people rewatch it later? Because people don't rewatch it a lot of times anyway afterwards. It's like maybe once after. So why don't you allow that? I have no idea. And I know people, like, they don't necessarily want to pay for another concert, an online one. We just had Bang Bang Con, the live, mm-hmm. and then Bang Bang Con before that, although that was free. And But at the same time, you can always pool your money, and one person buys it, and then, like, you know, 10 people can watch it. So you can always do that. Big Hit did cancel the in-person part of it. They were supposed to have some people sitting there in an audience, originally but i guess their korea is not there yet as far as allowing people out and about for concerts so they decided to make it online only but i mean that doesn't affect anybody watching so (laughs) only people in korea i guess they missed out on the chance for tickets for that and we didn't sign up for the online exhibition thing so uh, anybody who did get that uh, tell us what that is so (laughs) after the fact because we didn't get it so we'll you can let us know how that goes. So BTS just came out with a remix of a song called Savage Love by Jason Derulo and a music producer named Josh 685 or 685. I don't know. A savage love. There's somebody, there's somebody break your heart. Looking like an angel, but you savage love. When you kiss me, I know you don't get to f- but I still want that. This song was big on TikTok and it's been out a couple months already. The original song, mm-hmm. I never heard of it. I had no idea that this was 
out there and a song that existed and yeah and I guess the um then there was a version with Jason Derulo and the producer and the guy's only 17 years old which is like that's crazy wow he made a song and it's like already a why is it crazy big song <laughs> you have talent you have talent that's fine he's a 17 year old New Zealand born Samoan Cook Islander producer Josh 685 so I was like, okay, well, like it's like his first song and it's like already a big hit. So, wow, that's pretty impressive. But yeah, it got, was big on TikTok because of some dance challenge. And then Jason Derulo, because he's, for some reason, he's one of the number one, the top people on TikTok. Why? I don't know. He's, I guess he has funny TikToks and he does all the challenges. I'm just shocked that Jason Derulo's still popular somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I remember about him is that he would sing his name at the beginning of every song. He still does that. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, on, on the face of it, it sort of makes sense because it's self-promotion, you know, it's sort of branding. People will definitely remember that it's one of your songs because you sing your name at the beginning of it. But yeah, I don't, I don't approve of that. The song, let's get back on track. The song originally, I don't think is that great. And I think the cover of it is just okay as well. I, I think it does highlight... Again, some of the language, English language weakness of BTS. It, I did notice that they put Korean in some of it, which I think is good. Um, there's no need to just try to just cover it in English entirely. I'm sure there's nothing that profound about the English lyrics. So there's, there's no need to be tied to the English lyrics of it. Just sing whatever you want to sing over the melody, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it... It does show, you know, a certain amount of weakness when they try to cover these songs. When when they sing something like Dynamite, it's okay. It's it's just, you know, there's just a bunch of nonsense lyrics or stuff. It doesn't even matter how good the English is. No one cares. And it's your original song, so there's nothing to compare it to. Um, but when you cover something, then you can sort of see the, the see the imperfect English cover. Here, rather. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like it wasn't all of bts on this song it was a lot of jungkook and then um the rap line seemed to be on the song and the notable part that people were noticing was how jungkook says the f word in there uh, because that's Mm, one of the lyrics so it's like they you don't hear that from a k-pop group that often or Mm. bts so that was like funny they're like oh my god he said that but oh he was covering it (laughs) and i I think um, they added some different lyrics to it, like because some of it was in Korean, and uh, yeah. they, probably the rap line made Heard something Korean, yeah. made something different with it. So I thought it was good. I didn't. I'm not that familiar with the original. I only heard it like one time, but the BTS cover I thought was pretty good and has a good has like the island beat, which I think was the appeal of the original song, and that's why it's like getting so popular. This Josh 685, who's only 17, I guess his people were really smart because they were trying to reach out to all these different artists. And like, if you can get through to BTS, like that's amazing. So I don't know how he managed that, but that's really a big accomplishment there. And it was funny, like I was looking at how this song came about and I guess he was talking to multiple other artists. And this was like before... Jason Derulo had his version and I guess he Jason Derulo released some unauthorized version of it like he leaked it or just released it without getting the permission of everybody Josh 685 and then there was a big dispute there because he didn't have permission yet and that guy was talking to like other people too and like oh maybe he didn't 
decide to go with well, Jason Derulo. Well, then how did he song? How did he even have it? You know, you distribute it to other people just to like, hey, what do you think of this? Do you, is this something? And so one of those people passed it to Jason Derulo? He was one of the people. Oh, I see. And then, but then he released it unauthorized. Well, yeah. oh, well, that seems unethical. What yeah. the hell? And then, so if you're one of the other artists that was interested in doing a feature on that, you're like, oh, well, never mind. There's a Jason Derulo right. version. I don't want to be the second guy to do it or whatever. Never, never send your song to Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> right? you, you might get too excited. So then that producer was like, they, they had some legal issues with that and they worked it out. And then BTS had nothing to do with that part of it. But I just thought mm-hmm. the craziness of that situation and... Then I guess later on, he's like, let's have, uh, you know, multiple remixes of it. You know, a lot of people are doing that now. So let's do that with this one. And so they got BTS somehow. And I think they, BTS just recently had a, they did the TikTok challenge for this song too. So I think that's all tied into getting people to listen to this song and tie it in with TikTok audience. So this week on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, he had what he called a BTS week. And it was five nights of BTS where they had at least one performance each night and some other games or interviews on each night. So if you remember from the last time they were there, they actually went to New York to be on the Jimmy Fallon show and they performed on in the Grand Central Station. And then they went to the famous deli and on the subway with Jimmy Fallon. And then that was just, I think it was like one or two nights that time so now to have like a whole week five nights of performances that's like such a big increase and as far as I know he's never had five nights of anybody on the tonight show so I think that's a really unprecedented type of thing and I don't know if Jimmy Fallon is just like a huge army or his team just knows like well this is just going to be really popular with at least one segment of the audience so we need to we need to do this because I've never seen five nights of BTS on anything. And just the fact that it's in America seems like a really big thing. And the they have, they perform something every night. And then those videos, they're going to be on the Tonight Show YouTube. And those are going to get a lot of views. So it seems like they're really going to benefit from having them on the show. And those are basically music videos that they're going to get millions of views. The songs they performed, they did Dynamite, because they're promoting Dynamite, so of course they did that. And on the first night, they performed Dynamite with Jimmy Fallon and The Roots, and it was like, you know how he does it, that his acapella singing of songs, and the way that's edited on the screen, and it shows like each different people's faces all the time. They did that with Jimmy Fallon on the first night, and then they performed Dynamite again on the fifth night. But this time it was like a dance performance. So that was something different. I think there's not many more times that they're planning on performing Dynamite because the concert that's coming up, they probably have to prepare for that. And I don't know. They have other things planned in between. And um, on the second night, they perform Home, which is kind of a unusual choice because that song isn't performed that often. I think I've only seen it once or twice in Korea. I think they did it at once at an award show and once at a muster. So that was pretty unique that they chose to do that for Jimmy Fallon's show. And that one had a pretty interesting set. It was like a it look made to look like their dorm or their apartment or whatever. And then but then there was a room that you walk into and it's like a rotating room. 
I don't know what that was representing, but that was pretty, pretty cool to see some of their different sets that they had. They also performed Idol on the first night, and this was at um, a famous palace in Korea. So it sounds like they booked some major places because this was all done remotely. So it's all in places that were in Korea. So they performed Idol at the palace on the Wednesday. They performed Black Swan, and this one was in a set that looked like an abandoned church. That was a pretty unique setting. Thursday, they performed Microcosmos. It seemed to be at the same palace. And then on Friday, there was Dynamite again at the at a roller skating rink. In between that, there was a couple of times where they played some games with Jimmy Fallon. And he had some interviews and he was asking them about their new album that's coming out. And so they had some, you know, small details about that. I don't know why they were performing for five nights, but I think it's just to make it a week, to make it a, a marketing thing. So, and since a lot of it could be pre-recorded, it's easy to stretch that into a week. It's not like they had to be there for a full week. They can just record things and prep them. And these are songs that they they already had choreography before, so it wasn't too big of a stretch to just make a new performance out of it. So I thought it was very good performances and segments. So if you have time, you can check that out. At one point, too, they were talking about Jungkook was trending higher on Twitter than the NBA Finals. So I don't know if that says more about how popular BTS was or how bad NBA ratings are right now. Cause it doesn't say anything about that. It doesn't say anything. BTS fans, they just they, they post a lot of stuff on Twitter. Yeah, but I mean, Twitter... If you, post, if you as one person post like a thousand things, that counts as like a thousand to the trending, correct? And if one NBA fan posts one comment in a couple days then yeah it doesn't no i don't i don't i don't believe that means really that much of anything i don't i don't trust twitter trending at all by the way it doesn't mean anything to me and they also manip- manipulate the trending list just so you know i don't think they would suppress anything having to do with the nba they're not suppressing it or but they 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 give free reign i mean it's it's let's just put it this way when whenever they say blackpink or bts they broke the the number of views in 24 hours for their newest MV, and it's either 100 million or something. Do you think 100 million people watch that MV? No. It's the and same let's say people. let's say it broke the record, and the previous record was 80 million. Do you think that 20 more million people watched? No. The existing fans got more hardcore, and they streamed harder. That's what happened. Now, that's not to say that that's irrelevant, or that's a minor accomplishment, or anything like that, but let's just keep that in mind, that the passion and the how hardcore their fans are and how much they post that all feeds into that number right the nba although it is it is dying honestly it has a wide popularity but it's shallow so no single person who's a fan of the nba or watches the nba finals is going to make 100 posts about it they're not they may make zero posts on it but they may have watched it and they may be interested in it right but if you're if you're interested in bts or you're interested in jung cook's hair that's what we're talking about, right? He wore his hair in a different way, correct? Mm-hmm. If you're interested in that, you're going to post 300 times about that. <laughs> Does that mean that you outweigh, you know, 300 NBA fans who just didn't feel any need to post? But they did, you know, they are interested in the NBA. They're watching it. They're NBA fans. I don't know. I'm not even saying no, but I'm also not saying yes. It's a, it's a different thing that's being measured, 
Okay, so Twitter, it just—it's a very imprecise measurement of popularity or whatever it is you're 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 thinking it measures. It's not fair to compare two things. It's not fair to compare things that are popular widely but shallowly, and things that are popular pretty widely but also very deeply. So I'm not even saying one is more popular than the other. I just I'm just saying they're different, and it's not accurate to just say, well, this MV had a hundred million views. In 24 hours, it is therefore more popular than another thing that had less views in 24 hours. I think, in general, the yeah, the NBA is still is still pretty popular. Well, I just think the trending saying something is trending doesn't give you any specifics. Like maybe for five minutes or something, like more people were tweeting about Trunkook's hair than the NBA Finals, or it wasn't for like some sustained amount of time. It's like you. True. Oh, it was trending. It could have been trending for like this minute, and then the well, next minute it wasn't trending. I don't remember the how they do those things, but it isn't like twenty four hours. But people people use it in that sense. They'll they'll juxtapose these two things together. They'll say his hair versus the NBA or the U.S. election or something like that, and sort of to say that well, this thing has more cultural breadth or power. Just like with streaming, one person can stream that YouTube video. A thousand times, right? YouTube doesn't make any attempt to stop you from streaming a thousand times. Well, it may not count every time. You have to do it as like a certain way. If you do it, not with any bots or anything like that, they'll let you do it, right? And so, and that's fine. That's fine because YouTube, with their views, they never purport to be the be-all, end-all. Hey, we, uh, the views on YouTube indicate very accurately how popular a thing is, how important a thing is. They never made any such claim. People who report on these things sometimes sort of imply that claim, which I think is an incorrect implication. So Blackpink finally released their album on October second, and the title track of it is "Love Sick Girls," and it had also a video with it. video was pretty good it was similar to the earlier videos as opposed to like kill this love or how you like that i think it was it had some like outside locations and a lot of good visuals from them and this is the first time i've ever seen that they had like a guy in the video maybe they have before i don't know but they had some guy who was like they had a guy in the earlier videos being a, a fake boyfriend or whatever they've had one very very short it was um i forget but they've had one And um, yeah, I'm not sure the plot of this video, but it's like Jenny was in a car accident and she's had some kind of bad relationship that she was dealing with, and the others look like they also had a boyfriend and something went wrong with it. And that was, I guess, that's the theme of the song, like love sick girls. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a really good video. I liked it. It reminded me a little bit like of Stay, an early video of theirs. I like the '80s vibe. There was a lot of, you know, I can hear a, gu- I can hear a guitar riff. I can hear, I can hear that synth. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm ready to hear some. You know, it sounds like bizarre love triangle or aha. You know, mm-hmm. it just sounds so super 80s to me, and I'm here for it. But uh, unfortunately, it's the only song on the whole album that sounds like that. A lot of the other so- songs sound like either they collaborated with Cardi B or they wrote it in order to entice somebody like Cardi B to collaborate with them, but nobody did. 
or maybe they just didn't whatever it has that same sound mm -hmm. which I, I don't like basically if you write a song to collaborate with cardi b i don't like that song it's not going to sound like something i want to listen to let's just put it that way and that that is about half of their album but the other half i do enjoy and especially this one this one is i think it redeems the whole because i'm totally here for the 80s synth vibe of it it's too bad it's just one song you know, I, I, what does it remind me of? There's so many people, I, I already mentioned two bands, but yeah, there's a lot of 80s stuff that it, it reminds you of. And I, I, and it's nice to hear a guitar. Yeah. You, know, you don't hear that a lot in K-pop song. Different in K-pop. Yeah. And it's, nice to hear, and it's nice to hear a guitar, even though it's just a small part of it. It's still nice to hear it. And it sounds kind of like a sort of a girl power anthem you know yeah and it doesn't it doesn't suffer from the k-pop fragmentation where it's just gonna be you know chorus rap dance break etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah this one it had very smooth transitions yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a cohesive song so uh, it's it's everything i like i am I, I say that i want from them so i have to be happy when they provide it is it as catchy as some of their others no it's not but you can tell it's a quality song out of this album I like Lovesick Girls and You Never Know the Best, as well as Ice Cream, which we've heard before. So those were my favorite songs. I didn't really like the Bet You Wanna with Cardi B. Like, I wasn't that impressed by that one. It sounds like you liked um, Lovesick Girls Yeah, out of this. That was my favorite. And I, I definitely like the song. It's on my top list so far. And it definitely goes against the grain of what they've been doing recently. I, I, I do enjoy that. Um, the song that they have with Cardi B, Bet You Wanna, it seems to have a lot of writers. I don't know why that one song had so many people on it, but it had like Ryan Tedder and Melanie Fontana were all mm -hmm. involved in that. And Well, I mean, there's an easy explanation for that. They, they, asked, they asked her to collaborate and she said yes, but with caveats, right? Oh, okay. So it, has to, it has to fit her sound or whatever. And she would say, well, it's good, but can you do more of this? And that means another writer. Mm -hmm. And then another revision where you want maybe it to be a little more X. And that's another writer probably, right? So that's how a lot of writers get their names on a song. As the song sounds almost there, but can you... I have a songwriter that I trust. Can they look at it? Right. Well, that, that's another name on this song now, but right? Them, them doing anything. Right? Like the other names don't fall off. You just keep adding them. Yeah. That's how that's how these collaborations work and that's how so songs often start to so sound all the same because it's, it's roughly the same people working on it and when enough people work on it it just sort of sounds like a a combination of whatever is popular at that moment. You know, it's just it, it's just the average of all of those people essentially is what's happening. You know, now that you mention it, I look at the the credits and Ice Cream and Betuana, those are both the collaborations they did. Those both have the most yeah. writers yeah so you're right i think the other person added like you know several people right the other person says oh, i have a songwriter that i trust can they take a pass of course it's a collaboration and it's not it's not even a rude request right because the song is, has them too so it has to fit their whole thing it has to fit their image their style so it, it's fair enough for them to ask for a pass but when they say they want to ask for a pass that means their songwriter now gets a credit probably yeah, on ice cream. If they make a single change, it's, they're going to get on that list. On ice cream, I think four of these people are related to Selena Gomez's yes, side. Right. And it's like her part wasn't even like that much. Yeah, but. And we still don't know. Collaborative process. <laughs> we still don't know what Ariana Grande wrote on there, but. Nothing. <laughs> but yeah, that's how that works. 
you know it's similar with movies by the way it's similar with movies there's different people who have a stake in it they all have egos they all have a vision you know every every single time someone changes something a little bit and says well if you what if we added this it would be better oh well now you get a writing credit yeah now you get a producer credit whatever it is and that's why you get uh you know this many the core of the song probably was written by one person which is funny because that's sort of lost in all of this we don't really even know who was the person who wrote the vast majority of the song because they all their all their names are on it yeah but if somebody takes a look at it and any any bit of it was changed they do have to get some amount of writing credit i don't know what the rules are as far as how, how much has to be changed but i would imagine that any amount of change counts yeah i'm not trying to paint cardi b and selena gomez as divas or something this is normal. This is totally normal. If you're going to collaborate on something, you're, you, you know, you want it to fit you as well. So, of course, your your people should get a, a look at it. Yeah, I, I did notice those two songs had some additional people that aren't on other songs. So it must have come with the collaborator. Um, and it looks like the typical YG people are on almost every track. Teddy and Danny Chung are on and Lauren on every track. So my guess is that Teddy be, wrote most of the songs. Must be in-house people. And then the other people just made modifications for better or worse. Oh, Teddy must be Teddy Park then, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what other Teddy do you think it is? <laughs> well, it just says Teddy. Is like, where's the rest of the name? Okay. Uh, I I believe he feels he's big enough to go That's, by one name. Must now. be him. I mean, okay. And uh, I would agree with him. And then Becca Boom is on at like three or four of these. Right. So. She's a YG person That's too. Good. Yeah, I, I like the, the lyrics that she writes. So that's, she's involved in the songs that I liked out of this album. And then I don't know what, which song that was, but did Lisa say skinny bitch in something? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hear it. I didn't listen to everything that closely though. Oh, okay. I just thought I heard that. I almost can certainly say no. It's just sound. Or maybe it's it was. Co- it's Korean. It could have been in Korean like, yeah. that sounds similar. I'm not sure. I didn't look up the, all the lyrics yet. So, but I was like, whoa, what? She Wow, she's Lisa's hardcore. <laughs> There's a Korean word that sounds like bitch. I forget what it was. Oh, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I, I've he- I've heard it before, and I thought they were saying it, but no, it's it's. There's some Korean phrase that sounds similar, so I can almost assure you that she's not. And then you mentioned that this one song out of Blackpink's album had kind of an 80s inspiration but i've been noticing um a lot of k-pop songs lately have had that and also some songs in the west um so i'm talking about everglow's song la di da was really 80s inspired and um the weekend his album from this year and dua lipa no but it's like they're doing it too it's like this 80s is like going around yeah there's there must be like some couple of producers that are like really promoting they've decided that. That it's in there's a there's definitely a memo or something <laughs> going around yeah and then i was just realizing like okay i know i criticized the weekend already for doing that because I just, it didn't seem like his style and it just seemed like it was imposed on him by his producers who were just probably like oh this is gonna be huge you know just here's this beat i'm just gonna do that and make it really 80s because it doesn't feel like it's something he would be that interested in but it's not like i know him you have no idea maybe he loves the 80s maybe the weekend is the biggest 80s fan he listens to holland oats regularly <laughs> i don't know you don't know he listens right? to huey lewis and the news you know yes that is 80s but for some reason people don't think it feels 80s yeah 
I don't know why. I, they're, t- they're very 80s, but they feel like they do exist sort of outside of the 80s. Uh-huh. They Does are definitely sense? pure 80s. Like, when I think 80s, I think Bizarre Love Triangle. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're squarely in the 80s, but they feel more like, I don't know, like a 60s band or some, something. You can't put them anywhere else, though. It's like they're... No, right. They feel more classic, but you can't say that. Because you oh, can't, yeah, say, like you can't say they're 70s. Like, oh, that's rock bands. They, well, just, they just feel like they just feel like they don't uh now nah, let's just say they're 80s they're, they're just, but nobody nobody is trying to bring that sound back is the only thing they're, they're unlike the other 80s groups they are yeah unlike the other 80s sounds uh nobody is really looking to bring that back and that's not an insult i like huey lewis but i don't think most people do so you're not going to see a revival of that sort of music it's because he was they were in the 80s, but they didn't sound super 80s. Yeah. They, they had like a more R&B right. kind of sound. Like you want to, you want to, they want to, yeah, rock and roll kind of sound. So people were bringing back this, the synth sound. Yeah, sense, specifically. yeah, synthesizer stuff. Yeah, um, that's specifically what they're bringing back. Yeah, when we say 80s, it's like, we right. mean like stereotypical 80s, right. which is what, you know, Everglow and The Weeknd right. and Dua Lipa were doing. And I, I just... I know I have a double standard because I'm like, oh, the weekend is wrong for doing that. Mm-hmm. But when K-pop does it, or yeah, it's e- okay. even when Dua Lipa does it, standards. it's like I'm okay with it. It's because Americans they brought it back so many times. Like the '80s are an inspiration, like every other year. So really, I don't think so. It happens all the time. And well, I hope I hope they don't bring back the fashion. It's at terrible. this point, it's like okay, we've seen that trend before. So like okay. You could say Taylor Swift 1989 album was kind of 80s inspired. You could say... I don't believe that at all. What was 80s about it? Except for the uh, name of it. I thought it was pretty 80s. Oh, I didn't think so. It didn't sound 80s to me at all. It's like... Wasn't that the year she's born or something? Yeah. I, I think it's referring to the year she's born, though. It's not referring to, I want to make an 80s sounding album. It didn't sound 80s to me. Let's just put it I that way. I just felt like the pop music, the sounds and like the beats reminded me of the 80s. Not more... Not as obvious as like the weekend did but uh-huh. it just so there was no synth synth in it was there like think about like flock of seagulls and things like that right yeah like welcome to new york i remember that had like hmm. electric piano but also um like p diddy who would like sample songs from the 80s in his 90s songs so i just feel like the 80s it comes back every couple of years or every however many years in the west so it's when someone does it again it's like okay well that's kind of predictable because it's but for k-pop it seems like they're actually discovering it now or it might be like the first time that group has ever had like an 80s inspired thing so i feel like it's okay because they're well i think it's okay because i like the 80s sound yeah it just feels like k-pop is doing something a little different with it and it's not you know many times happened already so i that's why I think it's okay. And it is a double standard, but um, that, that's okay. <laughs> uh, recently, Lucas, who's in NCT and Super M, was trending on social media because he was doing a live stream on Instagram with Wavy, his other group, and he accidentally showed his box of cigarettes that was in his pocket. They so, don't know the cigarettes. <laughs> Well, that's a what box, right? people said it was. I don't know how they confirmed it exactly, but it is a small, shiny white box that's the size of a, a cigarette box. 
and it was in like his shirt pocket and okay. i mean i think they figured that because this has happened before accidentally where his cigarettes were shown on screen uh, mm-hmm. during a live so okay. i think they figured oh that this happened again so people already know that he's a smoker so i think well, it's he smokes not a, a shock to people yeah I'm just surprised people still smoke these days. Like, why? I thought everybody like switched to vaping or or whatever other things. People outside of America smoke a lot. Oh, okay. That's still. You forget that. It's still a thing. Smoking is still very popular outside of America. Very popular. I'm not judging it. It's just it's it's popular. That's all. But I don't know. This one seems like kind of a non-issue because there was no real backlash, was there? Not was that there, much. Yeah, was there anyone that said, oh, no, you're smoking? It's like, surprisingly, not that much. I would. I thought people would totally be on his case and was like, why are you doing this? This is, like, bad for well, your would health. Would they, though? It's, first of all, it's not even illegal. Also, I, do, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, looked down upon in Korea either. Like I said, people smoke more. Like, it's more common. Yeah, in other countries in America. So I, I, I just don't, I just don't see that people have a moral objection to it. I don't have a access to statistics but I'm, I'm pretty sure that smoking is more common in asia than it is in the united states yeah so why would you know why would this be a big deal to people this doesn't track it's probably surprising to see from an idol because normally they're gonna hide stuff like that or yeah. they don't want you to know that they smoke because well he tried to hide it he just sort that, of you know slipped up yeah i'm just surprised that he didn't get more backlash because i just thought people are just so nitpicky about everything that no. He would get a lot of hate it, yeah, comments. Yeah, it didn't seem that... And keep in mind, I'm not on Twitter monitoring all this stuff, but I, it didn't seem like a huge backlash to me. It just seemed like, yeah, it happened. It was Let's like, write a story about it, you know? It was like an oops. It was like, oh, that was yeah. funny that that happened. But it's amazing. It, well, it does show you that the standards are different, that it would even be a story in the first place. Yeah, that wouldn't even be a story. Like if an American celebrity here. showed some... He had a box of cigarettes. Well, so that would not even at all be a story. If it was like Sean Mendez or something, it's like, oh, yeah, whoa, like, okay. I guess you're smoking cigarettes. I guess you smoke. Okay. Yeah, or like Demi Lovato or somebody. If, yeah, what? Oh, wait, that's not a good example. <laughs> she does a lot of things. So. But yeah, someone has a cigarettes. Like that wouldn't even be a story here. That wouldn't make TMZ for sure. No, it wouldn't. I mean. Just recently, uh, the president of the United States smoked, right? So, who cares? In case you're wondering which president I'm talking about, it's Obama. Well, he said he quit, and then uh, so then... He lied. <laughs> he lied. But then, yeah, there was like... Wasn't there a picture or something? Or someone thought that was in his pocket one day? <laughs> well, look, I mean, something if like you were that. addicted to smoking at one point, if it follows that, you know, you might fall off the wagon no big deal right it's just okay. especially yeah as a president you get stressed it's like right. oh man i okay, need a well, cigarette he, he smoked again okay that's fine but uh, did anyone make a big deal out of it no and that's the president of our country so i mean this guy what responsibility does he have he's just a k-pop star <laughs> and people are more used to smoking in korea i'm almost certain of this yeah so yeah I, i'm not sure who's making a big deal out of this is it the americans is it I, I guess you call them international fans. Is it the Koreans? I don't think anybody was really making a big deal of it. I think it was just a, a filler article. No one was really offended or anything, as they should not be. Well, I'm glad nobody got canceled just from that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, is it a good idea for him to smoke? No, obviously not, especially since if you have to sing for a living, it's probably not a good idea. He probably shouldn't. It's going to dry out his throat and stuff. Right. And- you know, but at the same time, Frank Sinatra smoked 
And uh, that's true. He smoked till he, the his end. His voice was fine for the most part. I mean, it sounded terrible once he got old. But it might so have anyway because it might have anyway. But it probably didn't help that he smoked, you know, and then he drank a lot. Those things probably didn't help. His Do you voice. think drinking really affects the voice? I think it does. Yes. Okay. It doesn't seem like it would, but I, I'm sure it has an effect. I think it dries out the I tissue. I think it does. But the thing is, you know, you're an adult. You're gonna you make your own choices. You're going to live life. Right. And if you even taking the Frank Sinatra example, his voice sounded fine for a good long time. Probably into his 40s, right? And uh, this is probably longer than Lucas needs to, <laughs> needs to have a singing voice right. even. So who cares? Go ahead, Lucas. Smoke is what we're trying to say. Just smoke. Yeah, you, smoke like a pack a day, whatever you, you want to do. You know, it's not exactly healthy, but you're an adult. I was gonna say I don't know what how strict SM is versus other companies. I don't know if they're one of the strict ones or one of the like. Well, we'll do whatever. We don't care. But I don't think they have a problem with it. I, that's just my guess. I think it's like because if he's if he's shown the whatever the package, you know that the managers have seen it. You can't hide this sort of thing from managers, right? Right. I mean, think about it. If you have friends who smoke, do you know that they smoke? Yeah. The answer is yes. And you yeah. know why? Because every 30 minutes they say, I need to go outside for a smoke break. How, how are they going to hide that from you? Every 30 minutes they just leave and we have to make up a different excuse every time? No. They're going to have to tell you at some point that they're smoking. So clearly the employees at SM know that he smokes. And if they, they wanted to put a kibosh on it, they, they could have at this point. It doesn't seem like they have. Do you think there's any labels that go so far as like, hey, you can't smoke. You can't even do that on well, your off time. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know all the labels. Maybe there's some. I don't think there should be, though. Remember that it's a very stressful job. Maybe <laughs> I would hope that they would think that um, this is one of the more benign ways people can release, uh, deal with their stress. Yeah, that's true. You, like, you can't be strict about everything. Right. You got to so like, give not... them something. It's, it's it's a tough job so uh let him smoke is what i'm trying to say so speaking of lucas he's in super m and super m just released a new album super one on september 25th and we listened to it and it sounded pretty different from their first mini album i thought it's not trying to be as hard or as hardcore mm-hmm. i thought it had some more songs that were more chill vibes, more mm-hmm. like relaxed and had some maybe some more vocal stuff rather than rap. So I thought their new album was pretty good. I liked it. I think it tried to be more Western. I, I heard a lot of songs on there that would have fit in in any sort of Western album, you know, and uh, I don't know if other people approve of that, but I approve of that. Oh, so yes. Yeah, I was a, a little surprised by it the vibes of some of the songs because we're used to super m like always going hard like you know jopping and tiger inside where right, they're just like right. oh we're these like cool guys and they're hardcore right. but they had some songs that were like more relaxed and kind of like winter songs i thought mm-hmm. that had some like island beats kind of and they had um some ballads but then they weren't like a typical k-pop ballad Mm-hmm. It sounded like a ballad almost from a Broadway play even. Like it just sounded very Western to me, but it sounded good. I mean, they did well and I think it's a... I was surprised because good, I, was, I, was, I was, at this point I was sort of expecting that every one of their songs would be like dropping 
just because yeah overly produced sort of okay it's just gonna be a bunch of pleasant noise you know but they they made a couple coherent sort of more uh western geared songs they they weren't they didn't sound too k-pop not that there's anything wrong with a k-pop sounding song but you know they did something different yeah i was surprised at how well-rounded the album was yeah i was expecting a lot of songs that had to do with you know, fast cars or I'm um, um, this, I'm that. And, right. I'm a superhero know. or I go hard or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. Which, but, uh, yeah, that is that is three of their songs that we just mentioned. They had some good songs with Dimension on there and they, you could hear the vocalists and in their, ty- those singles that they released, it's like, okay, Bakun, you know, he's in the song when there's like some really high note. That happens, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, they didn't feel the need to do that every single song. Like he's mm-hmm. in there, but it's like everybody's like more blended in, and it's like you're more of a group, right? So I I thought this album was pretty good, and they did something really different with having the uh, combined title track song, which was like two songs, but then they had it combined into one song to make a whole other song. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what that is called exactly, but I. That song wasn't bad, That the combined one. I don't know about the separate ones, but the the combined one, I thought it was sounded like a good song. It sounded like an exercise in like producing. It's like, how do we blend these two songs together? Mm. So uh, that's... I like the uh, uh, American sounding songs. Yeah, yeah. They had some, some good songs on there. Uh, yeah, I'll say what they are. <laughs> Big Chance and Better Days. Mm-hmm. Those are the two songs I liked. Yeah, and I, I like Wish You Were Here too. But I guess they feel the need to have their most hardcore songs as the singles because that's what they released and that's what they... Well, those songs lend themselves to the whole SM treatment, right? Big sets and going hard. It sort of is a... It fits SM. Yeah. The other songs, they don't necessarily do. Yeah, maybe they're they're not sure how to treat that as its own song. Thank you to our guest, Morgan. You can find BTS Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Deezer, Listen Notes, and iHeartRadio. New episodes weekly. If you want to support the podcast, please comment and share on social media, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or give us a rating on your podcast app. Follow BTS Happy Hour on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, this has been the BTS Happy Hour. Thanks for listening. And remember, make every hour a happy one.